also know we preachers and teachers, every, every denomination teaches God is omnipresent. Which means God is always, everywhere, all at the same time. So God, if that's the case, then he's right now in here. He's right now at your house. He's, he's in the club. If he's omnipresent, he's, in, he's in, at the trap. Come on now. So we got to really evaluate that. Is it that he's there or his eyes are there? Because your Bible said, we read it yesterday in, in yesterday's reading, the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good. So his eyes are in the trap. <laughs> But he ain't, he ain't going in there. Y'all don't hear me. He ain't, God's not going up in there. Stinking there. He ain't going in there. Doing all kind of stuff. When sin was laid on Jesus Christ, he had to look away so much that Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, God couldn't even, couldn't even be there with him. But his eyes. So his eyes are everywhere. His eyes are everywhere. But we don't want just his eyes. We want his presence. We have technology today that I can get on my phone and talk to uh, our oldest daughter who's in Georgia. We can get on the phone and look at her. And we can look at each other, but we're not there. Are you, are you following me? So we're, we're God is saying, I want my people to go way beyond just my eyes being there and just this, this sort of religious experience of, well, we're gathered here today in Jesus' name, and he's here with us, and nobody ever gets healed, nobody ever gets touched, nobody ever, nobody even shout. Oh, ain't no, ain't even no, oh, nothing. But he was with us today. Well, he saw you. His eyes were there. <laughs> Y'all better hear this here. Because we're going for more, aren't we? I said we're going for more, aren't we? Glory to God. Now, let me keep, let's get into this here. Visitation, manifestation, and, and revelation. Because where there is a visitation... We get abundant manifestation, and the world gets a revelation. Okay? Where there is a visitation, we get abundant manifestation. The world then gets a revelation. So, uh, uh, visitation, manifestation, revelation. Okay? Visitation, manifestation, revelation. Now, I want to show you tonight... You don't have to write this down particularly this way, but just through the course of this, the rest of our time together tonight, you'll see, I'll show you in various ways that there are three that I found. I found three main keys to getting a visitation. Now, Dad's uh, up in Pastor, Apostle Derber has been teaching on visitation, and I'm not trying to, you know, I can't teach in the fullness that he's, God's given him great revelation on this here. I'm just kind of giving a synopsis, all right, that three keys... Praise and worship, 
sacrificial giving, and a hunger for the word of God. Now, there are more, but I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm only uh, going to look at these, or you'll see these three. I may not necessarily point them all out, but you'll see them in the scriptures that we read tonight. You got it? Praise and worship, sacrificial giving or sacrificial offerings, and then hunger for the word of God. Hunger for the word of God. So, praise and worship, we can do that. Maybe we can't. I said praise and worship, we can do that. Sacrificial giving, we can do that. And then, having a hunger for the word of God. I mean, you've got to be sort of hungry to come on a Wednesday night. And it's cold out there. It's hot in here. But it is not nice. It's hot up here. So, <laughs> um, so manifestation brings revelation to the to people in the world. Now, I've told you this before. Manifestation is a demonstration of the power existence of God. Our manifestation is a demonstration to the world of the existence and the power of God. Because the world doesn't know he exists. You and I know that he exists. But when we have a manifestation, it becomes a demonstration of the power of God. Okay? Uh, in fact, Paul talked about that. About that, he said, I don't come to you with eloquence of speech. He says, I come with you in demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay? Now, so our manifestation is supposed to cause unbelievers to stand in awe of God. And that's what this is all about this year. And from here on out. Because I don't know how long, but it's not long before Jesus Christ comes back. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So he told us last year in Ezekiel, all souls are mine. So God wants all these souls saved. Now we can preach and we can sing. And that's good. We've been doing that. But what the world, see, because uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, y'all know that scripture? Three of y'all know it. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I think everybody ought to memorize 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We're going to do it tonight. Ready? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, oh yeah, that one. I knew that one. I knew that one. I knew that one, Pastor. If you're a faith person, if you're a child of God, you ought to memorize 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. This is how we walk. So we walk by faith. Now, who's the we in that scripture? Who? Believers, Christians, the children of God. So the, the world, though, they walk by sight and not by faith. Am I right about it? Uh, the Lord told Samuel, he said, man looks on the outward appearance, but I look on or God looks on the heart. Right? So let's flip that. God looks on the heart, but man looks on the outward appearance. Man, regular people, they don't walk by faith. They walk by sight. God's keenly aware of that. But the people of God hadn't been aware of that. People of God act like people just supposed to be moved by our, nice, our niceness. 
by how long we stay in church or how quickly we can get out. That, that's what they're doing now. Let's, let's see how quickly we can get out. We, we're so seeker sensitive, so seeker friendly, we're, gonna go, we're only going to be in for, for an hour and five minutes. Express service. We're going we're to be fast because we want people to feel comfortable coming in. We're not going to, don't do any of that tongue stuff and don't do any of that crazy stuff just because we want you to be very comfortable coming in. And people come in, they come in, come in a center, walk out a center. Come over here. They come in a center, they walk out a center. Because they're not impressed by, you know, our little nice corrals and our nice little stuff we do. That's that. They're, but they're moving, they see your life and you become a phenomenal person. <laughs> Glory to God. Y'all don't get offended when I say this. I'm going to say a word. Don't, don't, get, don't get offended. Reminds me of a story I heard from Creflo Dollar years ago. Creflo Dollar said he ran into this man. Y'all know Creflo Dollar, right? Doc, Dr. Creflo Dollar. Very wealthy, very prosperous man of God. And um, he ran into this guy, who uh, this uh, Caucasian gentleman, and this Caucasian gentleman just kind of, you know, went off on him. You that Creflo Dollar? <laughs> yep. And, uh, and uh, he, he, he used a racially insensitive word. Starts with an N. You, you or whatever, you know. I don't even want to say it. I don't really feel comfortable saying it. He called him a nigger. Yeah, that's this is not me. This is the man said that. He called him a nigger. A nigger. So, but, but then Creflo happened to let him see, you know, what he was driving. You know, what kind of watch he was wearing and how he was looking, all that kind of good stuff. And after he talked to that man, the man said, that's how, oh, you rolling like that? And he said, yeah. He said, Creflo said, the man said, Lord, make me a nigger too. <laughs> Now, that, this is not me. This is understand. This is what they, the man said. Now, what happened? That man, he saw something. He saw that man had something. Are oh, you hearing me? Yeah, you, all right. <laughs> Praise God. Whatever he is, make me one of them so I can, I can live like that too, or whatever. It should be that the world looks at, us, looks, looks at us and says, Lord, make me a believer too. What must I do to be saved? You got it? And it's going to happen. Do you hear what I said? It's going to happen in your life. Starting this year, it's going to happen in your life that you're going to become so phenomenal. Folks are going to look at you and say, Lord, make me whatever they are. Lord, I want to be born again. Lord, I want to be saved. Let me come into your family. I want to be one of your sons and daughters too. I'm tired of my life the way it is. What I've been doing ain't working either. See, there are people right now who are stressed out by government shutdowns. People who, they, they've been depending on SNAP. And they snap, about to snap. Am I right about it? I, they, they said in the news yesterday that that's the snap program, they, people who are on snap, y'all know what snap is? 
It's the financial assistance. They said people are on that. They're about to give them their February money now. Because when the government shut down, there's revision in the law that they, they were funded for an additional 30 days. And that 30 days would, would expire on uh, the 19th of this month, I think it is. So they have to give them their money for February now while they can still do it. Because once the 19th hits, there's no more money. They gon' they snap in the snap. So they're gonna they're gonna be folk who like oh they going through and they they, they gonna need to know that God see oh Jesus in in the book of uh, Ruth in the book of Ruth glory to God in the book of Ruth Lord where is this scripture here. Hallelujah. 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 Um, I'm missing it. Here in, uh, oh, here it is. I'm, it's in chapter one. I missed it. Verse six. Verse six. Then this is, there, there, was, there had been a famine, okay? Verse one. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. Famine is no reaping. Got it? Now you know the story happens with, with Naomi? And her husband dies, and uh, her two sons die. She's left with her with uh, Ruth and Orpah, right? But then we get here in verse 6. Then she, this is Naomi, arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by... So whenever God visits, there's a manifestation. There's a provision that comes, and so they return there. So people are going to go looking for the bread. Y'all missed what I said. When the snap gets snapped and they're in famine, they got to go find wherever there's bread. And God needs some folk to be some bread carriers, some bread receivers, some bread multipliers that they'll come looking for you because your manifestation is going to bring a revelation of them. Oh, your God is God, not the government, not it doesn't matter who's in office. Your God is God. Well, how are you making it? Because I look to the hills and winds coming my help. My help. I said my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. Let them snap, snap. Now, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not desiring that people lose the, their benefits. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, this is what I've been saying for years. I've been preaching this for years. That this system is going to fail. I've been preaching this for years. That's why God's been teaching us how to live above the world system. Don't be dependent on that stuff because it all fails. It's going down. Can I throw this in there for free? 
And people are like, well, how long is this supposed to last? I, I'm telling you, it's going to last as long as they want it to last. Well, why do you say that? Because, let, let, can, I, can I just teach you just something here? We learned this in high school and middle school, American government. There's two parties at war. The Republican Party and the Democratic Party. If you remember your American government teachings, the Democratic Party is a big government party. Big government. The Republican Party is a small government. We want little. We want as little government as possible. So when there's a government shutdown based on uh, a war over a wall, well, how long, how long is it going to last? Well, the Democrats, we don't want to give you the money for the wall. Well, the Republicans say, fine, we're just going to wait. Well, how long are y'all going to wait? People are going to be mad. No, what the, what the Democrats, and I'm not trying to choose either side. I'm just trying to tell you how it's working. The Democrats, what they don't understand is you are playing right into the desire of the Republicans. The Republicans want less government. We want to shut down all these departments we got out here. We're spending billions and billions of dollars on and we're broke. So the Republicans are saying, fine. Let's keep this thing going as long as you want to. It's doing exactly what we always wanted. And the guys who are, you know, they, they have money. Congress ain't shut down. They still getting checks. You, know, you hear what I'm saying to you? My, my point is, and so there are people, the constituents, who are caught up in the crossfire who've been depending on the government for their, for their livelihood, and God is showing, see, with all, that, that's, this is Isaiah 30 and 31. Yes, sir, it is. Trust in Egypt. He said in Isaiah 30 and 31, chapter 30, chapter 31, two chapters God says, it takes to say this. Those who, woe to those who put their trust in Egypt, he says, because when Egypt goes down, all those who trust in Egypt will go down with it. Egypt is the government, it's the world system. So when the world system goes down, if you've been trusting that, you're going to go down with it. But you and I, the Bible says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So our government doesn't have any shutdowns. God, God has never had a budget meeting with anybody. He's the creator. <laughs> He's great of heaven and earth. Anything he needs, he just say, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and there is. Let there be. God makes anything he wants to. Glory to God. I serve the almighty God. I serve the all-sufficient God. I serve El Shaddai. God is more than enough. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, so God wants to do this so that our, we stand the world stands in awe of us. Remember we read Deuteronomy 28.10. All peoples of, the, peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you or they shall be in awe of you. Come on, sir. Turn to Jeremiah 33. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 33. I'm not going to finish this, but I, we'll get as far as we can. On, Hallelujah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 and verse 9. Are you there? Yes. Then it shall be to me, that's God, so what he does is going to be to him a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations, that's the heathens, the Gentiles of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. them the them is his people. 
and says, they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. So God is going to provide goodness and prosperity for his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So much so that, now this isn't this just give you enough to get by. This isn't just, you know, bless you with your little daily bread and, you know, you know this, is, this is not that. This is so much that it's going to make other people fear and tremble. People don't fear and tremble at your check. Come on, you don't even fear and tremble at your check. You're like, you're like. Am I right about it? Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to do with this, Lord? <laughs> right? <laughs> so he's not talking about your check, your job. Not talking about some government assistance. He's talking about doing something so big, such a major event in your life, where you cross this tipping point that folk begin to fear and tremble. Oh my, who is that? What they did to Abraham, what they did to Isaac. They feared and trembled. When they see the goodness and prosperity that he gives. Now watch this, verse 10. Verse 10, thus says the Lord again, there shall be heard in this place of which you say, it is desolate without man and without beast in the cities of Judah in the streets of Jerusalem that are desolate without man and without beast, without inhabitant and without beast. Watch what, what has to come. Watch this now. The voice of what? And the voice of? Now, you, you see the praise coming here? Praise and worship happening here? The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring, come on, into the house, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. Of the, we used to sing that. Oh, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of praise. A sacrifice of praise. That means you may not even feel like it. Or you may not have rhythm. Or, or your pride may be, you know, I don't really do all that. I'm, I'm more of a like right here dance. I'm more of a right here dancer. That ain't going to get it. Tell your neighbor, that ain't going to get it. Ain't no sacrifice in that. I'm too tired. Sacrifice. I'm too shy. Sacrifice. I'm, I'm, I'm not coordinated enough. Sacrifice. I can't sing. Sacrifice. What, what are people going to say? Sacrifice. Now watch, watch. Glory to God. For I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. Now I'm going through. Uh, verse 14, thus says the Lord of hosts in this place which is desolate without man and without beast and in all its cities. Watch this. I love this part. There shall again be a dwelling place of shepherds causing their flocks to lie down. So God's going to bring pastors back. 
shepherds back who are going to cause the people to lie down. Shepherds who are going who to bring, I heard dad teaching on this boy so good, shepherds who will bring a visitation to the people. He talked about, dad talked about how he got caught up early in his ministry with when talking about shepherds visiting people. He was out there trying to go visit everybody in the hospital, visit everybody in the nursing home, go visit everybody in their house, stop by every Sunday, go get in something, visit everybody in the house. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? I'm visiting. They said I'm supposed to be visiting. That ain't what my word means. You, it means you're supposed to bring the people a visitation. Bring the people into God's presence. You run around all day, every day visiting everybody. When you do that, when do you ever spend time with God? You can't. Shepherds was to cause the flocks to lie down. That means to be at rest. In the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, and in the cities of the south, in the land of Benjamin, the places around Jerusalem, the cities of Judah, the flock shall again pass into the hands of him who counts them, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I perform that good thing, which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. Y'all got it? All right, so there's some good things God has promised. So our praise and worship, oh man, is an invitation for visitation. My praise and worship is an invitation for visitation. Praise and worship is, a visit, is an invitation for visitation. It creates the proper atmosphere for God's presence. It creates the proper atmosphere for God's presence. Now, I want to show you this here. Go to 2 Chronicles, please. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are y'all doing all right? I just want to show you how important it is to praise and worship God. What happens when we do that? Because we need a visitation to get the manifestation. Now, can you get manifestation on your own? Yes. You can work your faith. But I'm talking about a massive manifestation. I, I've heard, I've not been in one of these meetings, I wish I had before. I've been in one of these meetings, I, I've, I've heard about these meetings that they've had where they say the glory of God will fill a place so much that people's uh, tooth feelings will turn to gold. I've heard about these phenomenal times in God. They, I heard about, uh, Dr. Bill Winston talk about a time, one meeting, uh, he said that people were in this meeting and all the glory of God hit and everybody lost weight. Lord, what's, what's the address of that meeting, Lord? I want to, let me find that meeting here. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all ain't got your hands up. Don't let me point you out. We need to, we need to rent us a, charter us a bus. We're going to go to that meeting. <laughs> but I'm talking, that's what I'm talking about. See, when a massive manifestation... This isn't just I sowed a seed and then I got my manifestation, my, you know, my harvest. This is talking about massive, beyond, beyond your seed. Beyond even where you really are in faith. It's where God is moving in such a manifest way, such a powerful way. Because there's something he wants to demonstrate. He wants to get the attention of the world. Second Chronicles 5, and uh, look at right at verse 13. Verse 11. This is when, well, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me set this up for you. Solomon, remember he's David's son. David 
puts up all this money and materials to build a temple. He's not going to build it. Solomon's going to build it. They raised billions of dollars. In, in today's economy, this would be billions of dollars. David's gift alone was about $5 billion in today's terms of what he put up for the temple. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying that. 5B, I said B, not million. I watched the video. They were so impressed. Magic Johnson gave $5 million to his church, and they were like, wow. David gave $5 billion. Now, I'm impressed by five million. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't mean a downer, but I'm just, I'm just saying. David, though, was five billion. This is what I'm talking about. So they built a temple. Now, let, I want you to read uh, a look at in verse 4, 2 Chronicles 5 verse, 5, verse 4. So the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the what? The ark. Then they brought up the ark, the tabernacle. Ark, the tabernacle of meeting, meeting, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle, the priests and the Levites brought them. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were assembled with him before the ark, were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for multitude. That's a sacrificial offering. Did y'all just catch that? Too big of an offering to be counted. Deke, how long would y'all be back in the back to count this offering here? Right? Now, what's there again? What, what are they brought into the, into the temple? The ark. the ark. Now, what does the ark represent? The presence of God. The ark is a physical box. It's a representation of the presence of God. Now, I'm telling you where the church has gotten stuck. The church has settled at representations. Because watch down here in verse 13. 13. They, they put together some praise worship people here. Everybody got together. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Now, the ark was already there, but the ark didn't bring the cloud. The ark was a, was a, a symbol, was a representation of his presence, but now because their praise is there, now because their offerings, sacrificial offerings have gone forth, now they're getting the actual presence, and that's what we want. He doesn't want us stopping at a representation. He wants the real deal. So the, the house is filled with the cloud, verse 14, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory. This is the Shekinah glory of the Lord fill the house of God. So we can have his actual presence. You got it? Yeah. Now, y'all got a few more minutes? Yeah. Let me give you a couple more here. Visitation. Go to Acts 16. Visitation. Manifestation. Revelation. Because when the, when the manifestation comes, when the visitation comes rather, there will be some sort of manifestation which will bring a revelation to the world. Acts 16 and verse 25. But at, uh, Paul and Silas are in jail. Y'all know this story? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Well, who else you think is listening? God. They're singing a hymn. So their praise and worship is creating an, is, is an invitation for a visitation of God. 
for God to come into the prison right where they, right, right, right where they were. You got it? Verse 26, watch the manifestation. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone, everyone, not just Paul and Silas, everyone's chains were loose and the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and he brought them out, and this is when he asked this question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now hold up. When Paul and Silas were arrested and put in jail, he didn't ask him, what must I do to be saved? These guys were arrested because they had been at their preaching and casting out devils. Or, or casting out, you know, they didn't, he didn't see that, but they, he, they knew he was out there preaching. So they, but he, this guy never asked them, hey, how do I get saved? It wasn't until there was a visitation, God visited the prison, broke all the chains, bust up all, all the doors, bust, bust them open, and then a manifestation is what happened because God visited. And then the guy asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? When people see what, how God manifests in your life, how God manifests in the church, then they'll ask, what must I do to be saved? All of a sudden, this guy got a revelation of his current situation. I'm not saved, and I need something. I need what they have. Y'all got that? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, let me skip this next one here. Let's go right to Luke, Luke 5. Luke 5. Whew. Write down, write this down. You can read it in your time. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through 14. In Jeremiah 29, verse 10, God says, uh, after 70 years be accomplished, I'm going to come visit you and perform my good word that I spoke to you. <coughs> 70 years of captivity, he said, after the 70 years are done, I will, I'm going to visit you and perform my word, my good word to you. So God's visitation was going to bring the manifestation. He said, I'm going to bring you out from your captivity. Then you pair that with Psalm 126, where the, the psalmist says, the people say, when the Lord turned our captivity, we were like those that dreamed. He said, the, the, the heathen will say, the Lord has done great things for them, and we will say, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Very quickly, I want you to see, visitation, the people got a manifestation, and the heathen said. See, the heathen get a revelation. The world gets a revelation when you allow, you and I allow God to manifest abundantly in our lives. And so this manifestation, this abundant manifestation that we're going to see this year is all about bringing the world to their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? Yes, sir. What must I do to be saved? Glory to God. Luke 5. Let's, let's close out here. Luke 5. Oh, my goodness. Verse 40. Uh, start at chapter 4, verse 42. Just a setup. 4, verse 42. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place, and the crowd sought him. They sought him. They want him. This is the hunger I was telling you all about. 
they sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. Chapter 5, verse 1. Watch this. So it was as a multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. They weren't pressing for a musical. They weren't pressing to get free bicycles and free haircuts and free donuts and free gifts. That does not create a, a habitation for God. And churches have gotten so caught up in we got to give out free hot dogs, free bicycles, free haircuts. Oh, come over here. Y'all are saying, we got to do all that stuff. And it's nice to bless people. But if you don't create a habitation for visitation, they come there and all they meet is you. They never meet the presence of God. What people need is to meet the presence of God. So what created that was a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that, He's, he's, he's going to manifest. Watch this. Verse 2. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone, gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats. This is now a visitation. Jesus Christ, when he comes on your boat, when he comes in your house, he's visiting you. When he comes into your business, he's visiting you. Watch this. He got into the boat, one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught multitudes from the boat. He's on visitation mode here. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So whenever God visits, notice there's going to be now an instruction that if you follow the instruction, will bring a manifestation. We said that this morning in prayer. We talked about this morning in prayer how, you know, we got into that, into that ankle deep mode Sunday. But if we keep going to knee deep and waist deep and swim, you, you'll, be, you'll be knocked out on the ground. You know, you don't just get back up and like, all right, you'll be knocked out and God is talking to you. You get instant wisdom, instant instructions that when, you, okay, when you get up, when you leave church today, I want you to go down 34th Street and hit 13th Avenue and I, I got something for you. Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. Are y'all hearing this? So, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will, I will let down the net. So he gave in. He did it. And when he had done this, when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. What's happening right here? Manifestation. Abundant manifestation is happening right here. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. They began to sink. They filled both boats because they have too much, too much cash. Too much fish. So that both boats began to sink. How many of y'all have been on a boat? Now when you're on a boat, if a boat's going to sink, a boat has to, has to hit a tipping point. What happens a lot because when they, when, they, when they catch the fish, remember these are net fishermen. So they're pulling the, the net from one side of the boat. So when a boat sinks, a boat doesn't sink because it's going straight down unless somebody gets a hole in it. It has to tilt. It starts to tip. And a boat can tip anytime. Waves can make a boat tip. Too many people standing on one side of the boat can make a boat tip. But to hit a tipping point, 
that means a boat begins to tip so far over that it doesn't recover. It starts to sink. So what happened, they put, they're pulling these fish up and there's too much cash, so much too many fish, so much so that the boat tips over and the boat, both boats now begin to sink. This is now abundant manifestation because they have a visitation of the Lord. These are fishermen who fished all night long, they said, and they caught nothing. But a visitation changes everything. Y'all, y'all better get that. It doesn't matter what you've been working on. It don't matter what you've been working on, how long you've been working on it, how many times you tried it. When God visits your boat this year, when God visits your business this year, when God visits your marriage this year, when God visits, visits your life this year, everything going to change because the visitation will bring a, an abundant manifestation. You're going to have a problem not of we've caught nothing. If we caught too much. What do we do with all this money this year? What do we do with all this? What do we do with all these souls that got saved? What do we do with all this? What do we do with all that this year? The tipping point. The, the boat tipped over. They begin to sink. Now watch. This is manifestation. When Peter saw it. Peter got a revelation. Now, he didn't have a revelation when Jesus got on the boat. Y'all missed that. All the time Jesus was preaching, he didn't have his revelation. Jesus was preaching on Peter's boat, preaching the word of God. I mean, Peter never got any kind of conviction or anything. Nothing in the Bible didn't record him, him saying, oh man, I got to get saved. He never said that. But when he saw it, when he saw this tipping point, when he saw what the, what is this? He saw it. He fell down and said, he said, depart from me, I am a sinful. You mean, he didn't know before he was a sinful man? But he got a revelation that day. People don't even know how bad off they are till, they, till God shows them how good off you are. Y'all missed that. They're not going to realize how bad off their lives are until God shows them how good, how prosperous, how rich, how blessed, how whole, how happy he's made you in your life. And when they see it, they're going to say, hey, hey, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Woman, what must I do to be saved? God's going to use you if you'll let him. If you'll let God visit your boat. If you'll let God visit your marriage. If you'll let God visit your house. If you'll let God visit your business. God's going to use your life to manifest his abundance to cause the world to say, what in the what is this? Verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the teaching. Huh? Y'all not missing. They at the manifestation. We've been teaching a long time, y'all. Y'all here. I said we've been teaching a long time. Y'all ain't saying nothing. We got teaching on TBN, on CTN, on, on Trinity, on, 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 on Daystar, on Word. We got, we got teaching everywhere, but they ain't moved by the teaching. They ain't got no revelation. Because, see, when teaching goes forth, believers get revelation. But 
unbelievers get revelation at manifestation. They got they walk by sight and not by faith. Man looks on the outward appearance, and when they see the manifestation of God's goodness and glory on your life, they're gonna say, Hey, Anita, what must I do to be saved? So much so, Peter and these guys, the Bible says, they brought the net and everything, everything to land, and they forsook all and followed him. Followed him. The Bible says in the, in the last days that men from every nation are going to grab the coattails of one Jew and say, let us go with you, for we perceive that God is with you. Let us go with you because we perceive that God is with you. People are going to see God's manifestation and goodness on your life. And they're going to, it said 10 to 1. 10 will grab 1. That means you, before you leave here. I know you've been a soul winner. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, this, this ain't you evangelizing. This, this is your life evangelizing. Oh, this you driving down the street. Your, your car going to evangelize. In the end, the vision going to speak and it will not lie. Your house going to evangelize. How you, oh my God, how you look going to evangelize. They're going to look, what, what? And it said, 10 men, they're going to grab everyone and say, let us go with you. For we perceive that God is with you. Y'all get on your feet, get on your feet, get on your feet, get on your feet. Are you ready to start pulling 10? <laughs> you ready to see your family? Some of your cousins and your aunties and your uncles and your brothers and your sisters who you've been teaching. You've been telling them stuff. You've been telling them what you believe. Give them tracks and sending them a little text. A little YouTube video trying to send them a little word. I send them a little word. Send them a little word. That's fine. Keep sending them a little word. But get, wait till one day when God manifests abundance on your life. You ain't got to send no word. They're going to come looking for a word. They're going to come grabbing a hold of you. Hey, Robert, man, can we go with you? We perceive that God is with you. And this happens by a visitation. Visitation brings manifestation, which gives the world a revelation. Isaiah 40, Isaiah, give me Isaiah 40 and verse uh, 3, please. Isaiah 40 and verse 3 through 5. The voice of the, Lord, of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the, in the desert a highway for our God. We're, getting, we're, make, we're preparing a way for God. Watch verse 4. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked place shall be made straight and the rough place is smooth. In other words, a path is made for people to come. Now watch verse 5. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh Let's say it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For all flesh to see glory is not talking about a feeling. Flesh sees tangible. My wife and I, we were on our way to Kentucky one day. 
on our way to Kentucky. Y'all listen to this. On our way to Kentucky one day, this has been two or three years ago, I think it was, and uh, we ran into this evangelist in, in, the, in the airport. She was from uh, Dr. Miles Monroe's church. He had, just, he had just, just moved to heaven. And she was talking about how she evangelized. She said she goes out to Las Vegas. And she evangelizes Las Vegas on the Strip. How many of y'all been to the Strip? Y'all embarrassed, raise your hand. I've been to the Strip. Tell y'all I'm to the Strip. I didn't say you've stripped. I said you've been to the Strip, the Las Vegas Strip, y'all. But this lady said how she, she's, she's been sent to evangelize the Strip. But let me tell you what she said. She said, but I realized what I had to do was, she went, she said, I had to go buy these Prada sunglasses. She said, I had to put these beautiful, beautiful Prada sunglasses. Bright red. She said, because without the sunglasses, nobody even paid me any attention. But when people walk up on me and I walk up on them and they notice those Prada sunglasses, they listen to what I have to say. What names don't mean anything to you? What I drive don't mean anything, maybe not to you. How I live don't mean it, maybe not to you. But man looks on the outward appearance. They walk by sight and not by faith. So you, that's why I need you to understand. I, I, I believe y'all got it. Y'all are the right group tonight. You got it. Your prosperity, your manifestation is not even about you. It's not, not fully about you. It's not fully about you. You understand? God wants you to enjoy it, but it's bigger than you. It's about God getting the attention of your cousin who you've been trying to reach all this time. Your coworker, your neighbor, you've been trying to reach all this time. And they, they telling you about their European vacation. <laughs> they going out on a boat. Remember we read about how, how God showed up with Solomon, the glory filled that house? Visitation. You keep reading from chapter 5 all the way through chapter 9. You saw, again, there was another, another time. It just kept going, this, this long-term visitation. And what happens in chapter 9, the Queen of Sheba shows up. Because all of a sudden now, Solomon has so much manifestation because he's got a visitation from God. That's what happened. God showed up to him in a dream. And he manifested so much, all of a sudden, Queen of Sheba... Can what? What? She said, I heard. She said, but the half ain't been told. She began, you read it, she began to glorify God. She got a revelation. That God, those gods she's serving over there in, in Sheba, that ain't gonna work. Something, something different about your God. Your God's bigger than my God. And that's what God, what people need to see. That our God is El Elyon, the most high God. Give God a shout of praise tonight. That's all I'm trying to do. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. I'm available to you. 
I'm available to you, Lord. Use me for your will and for your glory, for your purpose and your plan in this end-time revival, this end-time outpouring, this end-time harvest, God. Use my life. Use my life. I surrender. I yield myself to you, God. You can have your way in my life. Take my life and do something with it in the name of Jesus. Allow God this year to visit you in phenomenal ways. Create a habitation for visitation. Praise and worship God. Awaken yourself every day. Wake the day up with your praise and with your worship. Make sure that you have a hunger and thirst for God's word and God's presence every day. Esteem his word more highly than your necessary food. Make sure you are giving sacrificially to the things of God. Find out, God, what are you doing? What are you moving in? All right, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me assist you, if I can assist God, with what you're doing over here, what you're doing over there. God, let me see. Okay, all right. There's, because guess what? What God will do, God will use you to answer somebody else's prayer. Y'all didn't hear that. Let God use you to answer somebody else's prayer. Some, some single person, some married couple over there, some family is over there praying, God, I need, we need, we need something, and they don't know what you know. So God will use you to answer their prayer. <laughs> and watch, when you do those kind of things, God begins to visit you more and more and more and more and bigger and bigger and bigger and manifest bigger and bigger till all of a sudden you are a phenomenal person in this planet. That's your destination. Phenomenal. Phenomenal life. Phenomenal living. Thank you, Lord. Who had that this morning? Uh, uh, superior living. When at the word this morning, superior living. That's what God has for us. Amen. Lift your hands. Yeah, isn't that good? Lifestyle evangelists. We to, there's a song in the, in, in the gospel world, I am a living testimony. I should have been dead and gone, but Lord, you helped me live on. You know, so I'm a living testimony. But what they're talking about is just, I'm still alive. Well, I'm going to know beyond that. My lifestyle is a testimony. Glory to God. When they see the goodness and prosperity that God gives unto you, they're going to fear and tremble. Father, I bless your people tonight. I bless them in the name of the Lord. I speak blessing, increase upon their lives. I speak health and life into everybody. I curse every pain, every sickness, every disease, every calamity, every malady, everything coming against their bodies. I curse every germ, every virus. I curse every, every negative uh, trait that's passed down through every bloodline. And I speak right now, Lord, that we have the DNA of Jesus Christ. We have the DNA of Father God, of yourself, oh God. Thank you that we walk in divine health and divine life. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. Nothing is lacking in our lives, oh God. We walk in financial abundance. We walk in financial peace, oh God. We have too much cash all the time. Lord, we never have too much month at the end of our uh, end of our money. We always have too much money at the end of our month, oh God. We have too much cash, God, and we're always available for you to use.
use us, God, to minister. We're, we want you to use us to answer somebody else's prayer this week, God. Begin to use our lives, God, and make us, make us a sign and a wonder in the earth. Make our lives a sign and a wonder. Make us lifestyle evangelists, oh God. No, Lord, not, not just us saying and preaching, God, but us demonstrating your power, Lord, in how we walk, how we talk, how we live, how we act, how we love, how we forgive, how we behave. Everything about our lives being mirrors that reflect the image of Christ. God, and I pray that as we walk in these blessings, that our hearts will never be set on riches, on things, but our hearts will always be set on you. Because without you, the money means nothing. Without you, the things are useless. We'd much rather have you than anything. But God, thank you so much that as we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, you said all these things shall be added unto us. So thank you, Father. We thank you for our cousins and our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, all those who are coming to the kingdom of God this year. This year. This year. Because they will hear and see your wondrous works in our lives. Thank you that they'll come. Now, Father, as we leave from this place tonight, I declare tremendous blessings upon each life. As we walk in your favor, your goodness, God, we'll never experience anything. We'll never, according to your word, we will never be visited with actual evil. Hallelujah. But we'll always be visited with your goodness, your love, and your favor. Favor your people indeed. Bring us back this Sunday, Father. We look forward to giving you glory, honor, and praise. We, we ask you, God, to take us from ankle deep into knee-deep waters, God. We want to go higher and higher and further and further and deeper and deeper in you. Let it be so to us, God. Bring a great visitation every time we come together. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody who agrees, shout amen. amen. And amen. God bless you tonight. We love you. We love you. Go and bless and be blessed in this.